Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowen, and Pastor Adam Osier continue their discussion on the small called articles looking at the life of Christ. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service to His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, joined by Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Adam Osier. All right, we are walking through the life of Christ in uh, the Small Called Articles, Part 1, Article 4, uh, as we wrap up uh, this section, and then next week get into uh, Bible studies. Wait a minute, i got to pause right now. Brett, for some reason, in this episode right now, you sound like an NPR radio host. Oh, really? Yes, yeah. very like... Maybe well, it's because... Uh, Welcome yeah. <laughs> to the Podcast. We're really going to go down this rabbit hole. One of my favorite bits on Parks and Rec... <laughs> Is the NPR host at In Pawnee, who's played by Dan Castellanos, you know, the guy who does all the Simpsons voices. Yeah. And he is fantastic. <laughs> and so the, the, he, he pops up once or twice every season for a while in Parks and Rec. And, the, and one of the things is Leslie Nope uh, does this interview uh, with Ron Swanson. And then uh, after the interview... Uh, the NPR host plays two albums of jazz simultaneously. <laughs> so it just sounds like utter nonsense. And he does in that NPR voice. He's like, research has shown that our listeners really like jazz. <laughs> it's just so funny. <laughs> All right. Sorry, well, Brett. That's okay. In, I don't know. I'm not feeling 100% today. So maybe that's why I have a little more of the the smooth, smooth jazz, smooth jazz voice. Can I just can you just say this is smooth jazz ninety nine? This is smooth jazz. No. <laughs> <laughs> On second note, if you get me sick, I hope I at least get the symptom where I sound like an NPR radio okay. host. <laughs> where it yeah, improves the go. quality of the yeah. voice. Yeah. All right. So what what are we doing here? Well, Brett? we we left off. Well, sorry, Brett. Go ahead. Get it. <laughs> we left off at the life and temptation of Jesus. We have yet to cover betrayal, death. Uh, or betrayal, bur- death, burial, resurrection, and everything after that. That's then we can do that. Pretty standard ten, stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. We'll have the yeah. whole world figured out. And yeah. we can talk more about Parks and Rec if we finish early. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so we left off last last week at the temptation. I think the the big thing to say is every aspect about Jesus's life uh, is is all for us. It's all in our service. It's all uh, to be like us in every way. So it's it, there's not one moment of his life that wasn't uh, important that way. Uh, and then we get to the rejection and, and betrayal, the yep. scenes. And that, that really becomes something that is, I think, pertinent to a lot of people individually as, as they experience their life, right? Mm-hmm. We know sin, we've been tempted, and we've failed. Uh, we also, the, the rejection uh, and betrayal of Jesus, it seems so absurd, when we read it in the scriptures, right? We see just that idea. We, we, uh, the, the, you just want to scream. It's like watching a movie. You want to scream at the, you know, at these people that are being stupid. You idiots. Yeah, how can you not see? How can you not see this? Yep. Um, even going to one of the things, it's like the Sanhedrin is bending over backwards, tripping all over themselves to try and make sure that this guy dies at this Passover because we cannot have him around anymore. And, oh, of course, this is in God's plan, right? But, but I just, 
just the absurdity of it all. And my favorite line, the, the, and I maybe mentioned this in the podcast. I don't remember if I have or not. So I, I feel like Ronald Reagan. I tell the same story as, you know, over and over again. <laughs> but you don't have a smooth Ronald Reagan voice. I don't. Nor, or a, nor NPR. NPR. Yeah, exactly. there you go. So I go through this. You go through this. And, and uh, you get to the, the scene where they're wanting Jesus to die. And they go to Pilate's house. But they won't go in. Because they're too afraid that they're going to become ceremonially unclean and will not be able to celebrate the Passover, which is far too embarrassing for high, pious Jews like themselves. They'll unrighteously kill a dude. I will kill God. That's okay, but don't let that yeast get on my robe or I will kill you. You know, it's just that kind of mentality. What is going on here? You just want to scream in the absurdity. But at the same time, there is a there is a substitution there, too, where the, the rejection that we, you know, I mean, in, in many ways we face he knew what rejection was to the exponential degree and i know that's a minor point but it's something that sticks out to me every time well and it, it it's so interesting that you bring that up because we are so lost in our sin that we will even try to throw god's plan for redemption off just by sheer incompetence <laughs> you know it's like god is and, and one of the things we should clarify right now just so we get it out is that uh, we are not permitted uh, to blame either the Jews or the Romans for killing Jesus, because Jesus says that he yeah, goes to the cross book, of uh, himself. A couple of years, ago, a number of years ago, about who killed Jesus. That yeah, yeah. Oh, was Go that uh, yeah. was that John Piper? I can't remember. Yeah. And I turned and saw the hammer <laughs> in my hand. Remember that? You remember that song, Ray Bolts? Isn't I'm Ray trying Bolts? to forget it already? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's Ray Bolts. I think yeah. I know what you're talking Turned about. Saw the hammer. Sorry, I had but, to do the beat there. I couldn't get it I was out. Say that. Exactly. I'm glad right. you did it. I really did. Uh, yeah. So anyway, at this point in time, there's another wrinkle that's added that we need to start seeing. So Jesus as substitute, absolutely part of this, but we also have to start seeing now Jesus in his trial, Jesus in his his betrayal and everything. This is what our sin looks like. This is that consequence of our sin. And so uh, all of the ugliness of everything we're doing is now a result of our sin as well. So not, so not only do we deserve what happened to Jesus, the, the embarrassment, the shame, the, the nakedness, the, the, all the suffering, but it's because of our sin. This is the price that was commanded for our sin. And so the whole point in looking at the ugliness of what Jesus endured is to see the gross depth of our sin. And and we have to do that because not just any death would do. We deserved for for committing treason against God, we deserved the worst death. And crucifixion is the worst possible death. And what Jesus endured up to his crucifixion was building to that so that it I mean it was just it's supposed to look like that. Mhm. One of the, the themes, and I think this is Tolkien, I'm not sure. I, I haven't read a lot of Tolkien, not like some people have, but the, the concept of eucatastrophe, have you heard of that before? Mm-hmm. The good catastrophe, and, and I think it's, it's one of those moments where we're starting to see the comparison, you meaning the, the Greek prefix meaning good and catastrophe meaning cat- catastrophe. Uh, <laughs> catastrophe being the Greek word for <laughs> catastrophe. <laughs> said in yeah. the Chris Farley El Nino voice, <laughs> for those of you that know Oblo Greek. <laughs> oh, yes. So you catastrophe. So the good catastrophe, it, it, simultaneously, it's exactly what needed to happen for us to be saved. But at the same time, it's, it's a finger in our face of this is what yep. this cost him you know and it yeah, that that whole picture of of you know i think luther uses this illustration of the 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 lamb or not the lamb excuse me the um 
the animal skins in the Old Testament in Genesis three. I think it's three twenty two where he took skin. Yep. You know, and, and where where they're seeing like this is what this is going to cost you in in that that picture of Adam and Eve not knowing what death was, all of a sudden seeing this animal skinned for them. And this is, this is no, no, you haven't even yet seen what it's going to take to cover. I think yeah. we, we've heard that in different ways. I think that's, that's Luther that said it. I know other, I've, I've known it, many other pastors who've made, made that point. But it's, it's been a common theme. Yeah, yeah, but it's very much what's going on here. It's like this is what it's going to cost you. So the whole, the, you know, the ripping out of his beard, or the the crown of thorns, or the mocking, or his friends. And this is the worst part. You know, I mean, just the guys who had walked with you that you you got the one, and you knew this is coming, right? The guy, you know, who dips his hand in the bowl with me, he's going to be the one who betrays me. Come, do what you got to do. Give me the kiss, right, to Judas. But then you got Peter. Right, the, the the one who has stood by him, confessed him, who has made the declaration that he is the Christ, the Son of the Living God, and on that declaration is the church that's going to be built, and and all of these things, the reality that Christ is here, and he looks him in the eye and denies him, and, and Jesus looks over and sees him. It's like, come on, man, yep. you know, at that point you just see all of it, but that's us. We're all Peter in that moment, looking away. You know, kind of averting our eyes and saying, swearing and saying to a little girl and saying, I don't know this, you know. <laughs> it's kind of like, like Parks and Rec where they spit when they hear about Eagleton. Yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> you're just waiting uh, to work that in. I've, yeah. All day, all day. Uh, but you, you're, we're all Peter, we're all Judas, we're all the Jews, and we're all the Romans. And that's part of the interpretive point in this is that I nailed him there. This child of grace and mercy, I nailed him there. Who did it better, uh, Ray Boltz or me? Bernard of Clairvaux and Oh Sacred Head Now Wounded. (laughs) (laughs) Get there as quickly as possible. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. I just got Ray Boltz. He's just, it's going. You're feeling the vibe. I got to listen to the whole song actually before the next episode. No, no, before the next episode, it's uh, you need to get a perma mullet. Yes. (laughs) Okay. If we're going to do this, I'm requiring. Uh, but yeah. tight Kentucky waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I apologize for the last two minutes, listener. So we got we got the betrayal of Jesus. We've got the the uh, the beating of Jesus, the shaming of Jesus. Yeah. Then he gets nailed to a cross, right? And, and Jesus gets nailed to a cross to be the curse. And, and, and this is such an interesting thing because of what Second Corinthians five twenty one says about Jesus. He made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might be the righteousness of God. Amen. That 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 Second Corinthians passage ties intimately with Colossians two, where it says our sins were nailed to the cross. And and so Jesus is in our place, but that is where the great exchange happens, where Jesus takes our sin and makes it his own, and then we get his righteousness. And and, and the death of crucifixion is the curse that's promised in Deuteronomy, Mm -hmm. right? Cursed be anyone who hangs Hangs on a tree. tree. And, And so the sentence is carried out, and the important point of the life of Christ, and especially his death and his crucifixion, are so that God can be both just and justifier of the one who has faith in him. That's my current favorite verse, Romans 326, mm. because the, and we need to bring this up, especially because it's popular right now. If you go down the radical Lutheran path of Gerhard Ferdy, Stephen Paulson, other like that, is they don't make the cross necessary for atonement that there is no satisfaction of the law in their theoretical framework. And so uh, Ferdy ultimately uh, denies 
the uh, vicarious atonement of Christ. Uh, Paulson basically says God can do whatever he wants to because he's God, but God has bound himself to his character. God is just. And if we don't have a just God, we can't believe in what he says, period. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to believe what he says. If we have a just God, what that means is that we can stand in comfort in his grace and mercy because his grace and mercy is justice. And so it's really easy in Minneapolis, and we, we've talked about this too, it's really easier in Minneapolis to use this uh, illustration, uh, the George Floyd tragedy, right? And Officer Derek Chauvin is the one who was put on trial for murder, uh, for going much, much, much too far in restraining George Floyd at his arrest that led to his death. And at the Derek Chauvin trial, if the judge looked at Derek Chauvin at sentencing and says, nah, you're good, doesn't matter, what would have happened? Well, we wouldn't have a city anymore. Yeah, we, the whole town would have burned down, right? Mm -hmm. we, chaos, mass chaos. Why would we expect God at the end of everything to look at us and say, no, nah, your sin doesn't matter? I was kidding. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. No. And so the whole point is that God requires death for sin. As the very first thing he said to mankind. Very first thing is uh, you may eat of any tree in the garden, but if you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. Mm -hmm. right? and, and so God requires death. Someone must die as a sinner for yeah. your sins. And so Jesus dies in our place because of our sin, and he dies with our sin. Mm -hmm. and, and, and side note too, just to add to that, a blood sacrifice. Yep. It's a blood sacrifice. It's not just another, you know, it's not symbolic. It's not whatever, but the, the sacrifice of blood itself and our blood, human blood that needed to be shed on behalf of all sinners. And, and that's another thing that's denied, even in Lutheran circles, some of the, that you're describing in other, other places, you know, the, the, the denial of the substitutionary atonement or the blood sacrifice, the need for the blood sacrifice. So well, exactly. The atonement is, is something we just don't want to, want to hear about. It's, and and it, it like something like that can go out of fashion. Right? Oh, that's a little gross. Well, we'll deal with it. That's the way that the scriptures present it. That's exactly how the just and justifier decided that this was going to need to go. So two points with that. One, you're absolutely right. Our sin should be ugly. We're never intended to feel better about our sin, which right. is, again, that takes us down the path of radical Lutheranism. You can always sniff out a radical Lutheran because they will be dealing with guilt and shame instead of sin and forgiveness every single time. And so that the logical conclusion of the message of the radical Lutherans is God wants us to feel better about our sinfulness. And the actual message of scripture is God wants to forgive our sin. Amen. That's, yeah. that's huge. Those are light years apart from each other. Okay. The other thing is that's Hebrews nine and 10 stuff. What you're saying about the blood sacrifice is God says, okay, you know, all these sacrifices in the old Testament, the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sin. You were intended to do that and look forward in faith to when I will actually take away sin. They were types and shadows. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus is not only a blood sacrifice, he is the blood sacrifice. And he's only one of two sacrifices that will do. Mm -hmm. It's either Jesus or you. Nothing else, mm. okay? And Good if word. you die for your sins, you stay dead. Hmm. Yep, sin's going to be paid for one way or the other. Yep. It's either on the cross yep. or in eternal punishment. Yep. yep, exactly what it is, with your blood. And, and it's it, there's a reason Revelation is so gruesome. There's a reason the book of Hebrews is so gruesome. There's a reason the Old Testament is uh, so gruesome. It's not Old Testament God angry, New Testament God good. That's not how it works. It's as God deals with our sin, he judges and condemns it because our sin is ugly. And so we need to be aware that our sin is ugly. And that's the point of repentance. 
repentance. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh man, I am a horrible person. Dear Lord, have mercy on me. Mm -hmm. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved because when we cry for mercy, he's like, oh, look, Jesus, here's mercy. (laughs) So we got Jesus on the cross. We got him. He's crucified. Our sins nailed there. The substitutionary blood, blood sacrifice for our sins so that we can have the forgiveness of sin. And you hear at the very end, you know, you have his words on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, all of those things. But then you get to that that ever crucial phrase, which is so powerful and, and so descriptive of it is finished, hmm. right? Also, one of my favorite moments with a good friend of mine, but yeah, so theologically, Rish, it is finished, tetelestai, also means it's a term of commerce, means paid in full. Uh, in, in certain areas of the Greek world, they used to write tetelestai across receipts, Mm-hmm. When the account was settled, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, this will be this will be a little bit inside baseball yeah, for uh, AFLC people. But uh, we all had yeah. a we all had a friend named Jeremy Erickson, one of the most musically and artistically talented people probably any of us have ever met or known. He was a friend of mine, and the theme of one of our national youth conventions was to Telestai. And I always joked, even at the time, because that's when Jeremy was the the worship leader for the national uh, youth. I was like, okay, what are we going to make Jeremy write a song about now? It's like, w- w- let's just ramp up the difficulty. So they set the theme as Tetelestai. And right when they said it was when that Edward McCain song came out, you know, Rockabye. Uh. And I half expected, <laughs> I, I literally half expected Jeremy to get on stage the first night. Everything's gonna be all right to tell us die. <laughs> <laughs> and I desperately wanted that to happen. God rest his soul. Yeah, yeah. I, I miss that guy. He was a, he was yeah. a good man. And, yes. Uh, yes. And, and good kids, good family too that he left behind. What a, what a blessing he was. But that would have been perfect. Perfect. Oh, he, he could have done it too. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Sorry to derail us. Yeah, but I was say, where do, where do we go from there? Jesus, he yeah. says it's finished. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're never going to not know that. I'm never going uh, to hear that song yeah. again without thinking of this. So then comes the good parts, right? Now we talk about the exaltation. And, and yeah. there's, there's a little bit of room for controversy in this article yeah, sure, because the... there's been some debate in Lutheran circles. When does the humiliation end? Yeah. And when does the exaltation Especially begin? with the descent into hell. The des- well, yeah. descent into hell and being laid in the grave, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and so I always have maintained the distinction, which is traditional Lutheran doctrine, is that the humiliation of Christ ends with his death. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so there, he's not being humiliated. He's actually laid in the tomb of a rich man. Mm-hmm. They, they get that out there. But from that point on is the exaltation of Christ because he conquers death. So that starts with the mm-hmm. descent into hell. Right. Um, the traditional church for that, the traditional church term for that event, which I just absolutely love, is the harrowing of hell, hmm. where, where Jesus comes down and says, I win. Yeah. Yes. You know? yeah. And I, I just taught this to my confirmation kids a few weeks ago. I wish I would have had that phrase. Oh yeah, That's the great. harrowing of hell the is the traditional. And uh, if you if you're you're not used to that term, if if this is new stuff, do a Wikipedia 
deep dive on the harrowing of hell and look at the paintings over the years of the harrowing of hell. Hmm. It's fa- all of them, almost all of them have Jesus literally kicking in the door of hell and the devil getting squished by the front door as Jesus walks over it. It's great. <laughs> it's so cool. That uh, needs to be the image for this yeah, episode. I'll, yeah, it'll definitely be that. So the harrowing of hell and huh. then the resurrection is part of his exaltation. Right. right. Yes. So it's interesting yeah. when you're talking about the descent into hell, that's where some, some of the debate has come on. And, and one of the things and this is compelling too. I think it's, you know, the the whole death of Jesus happened. Um, ju- they, they needed to get him down off the cross before sundown Friday, but the Sabbath was coming, right? So that he needed to die, and and he need they needed to get all these guys off because they didn't want to have, you know, uh, you can't have that on the Sabbath. The work of death or whatever they're right. doing, the you work know? of cold blooded murder. Yes. We will not yeah. tolerate yeah, that on right. the Sabbath. We can't do that on the Sabbath. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, God forbid we do that and get yeast on our clothes. We're in real trouble now. But here's the thing, like so, so what, the picture, and this has been super vivid to me in in recent years, is where exactly did Jesus go when he died? And a couple, there are a couple hints that we have in scripture where the descent into hell, I believe it happened. Peter references it for sure, but it doesn't say specifically when. And when he dies, he says, into my hands, I commit thy, into your hands, excuse me, into thy hands, I commit my spirit, Jesus says to his father. So the idea that he is is giving his spirit to his father, what he promises to the thief that believed in him, surely he says, surely today you'll be with me in paradise. Mm -hmm. And and so this idea that they are going somewhere together (laughs) that day that is called paradise and it's in the presence of the father and it's interesting after to tell us die after the bill was paid right <laughs> jason's giggling over that i can't go on right after to tell us die he was he was like ready to go he was done the work was over the bill was paid and then he was going to go and rest just as god did on the That's, seventh day yeah the yes. holy saturday applying the genesis of on the uh, on the seventh day he rested from all the work he had to do and they they superimpose that over a picture of Christ in the tomb is just is one of my favorite things of holy week and he uh, took took care of uh, took care of business and he rested in joy and in feasting i it just this this idea of just celebration with his dad you know yeah. he, he's with him again and he's with in in that fullest setting in the exalt, exalted setting right and and with those you know i, I I don't know. That picture is just so powerful. Is there not, and we want to do this very carefully and very distinctly to avoid kidding heresy, is that not a prodigal son moment though? Hmm. Where the son who is the sinner comes home and the father welcoming home the son yeah. with open arms? Yeah. yeah. And, and theologically speaking, perfectly accurate. Mm-hmm. But when Jesus comes home, he's not still a sinner. Right. Sin has died with death. Yeah. yeah. But but it, it's the ultimate picture of that, right? What's so interesting, so uh, on this upcoming Sunday as we record, uh, I'm preaching through the Psalms this year, and the, the Psalm for Easter 3 is Psalm 116, the first 14 verses. And one of the passages is, uh, I will look upon uh, the Lord in the land of the living. Mm-hmm. And the whole premise of my sermon is that we know what was going through Jesus' mind as he was in the tomb. Mm-hmm. that I will look upon the Lord in the land of the living and it's resurrection language. Mm. And it's just so interesting that from scripture, we know exactly what Jesus was going through, through his death into his resurrection. We have the seven words of Christ from the cross. Uh, we have his care for his creation, you know, behold your son, behold your mother. Uh, we, we have all of that spelled out. And then the Psalms confessing the emotions of Jesus Christ are so Amazing, so that you again the 
looking at emotional Jesus bursting forth from the tomb. He doesn't do so stoically like 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 a mummy. Mm-hmm. It's you, you, you just he had to have had the biggest smile on his face. Or the my my favorite comparative passage is uh, Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe. Mm. When Aslan rises from the dead and, and he shakes everything off mm-hmm. and he turns to Lucy and he says I feel as if I'm going to roar. <laughs> and it's, it's direct quote, and I yeah. love it. And yeah. and that's yeah. the thing is, this is historical event. The most significant thing that's happened in all creation is a matter of history. Yeah, Jesus emerges from the tomb, and everything after that is victory. Yeah. In all of the ways that C.S. Lewis, I don't want to say obfuscates or whatever the right word would be, the, the atonement. No. He does a great job with that scene. There's so many pictures oh. in that scene that are just perfect. And going back, you know, going back even to the to the the rejection, you know, the the fear in the garden. And he says to the girls, "Come put your hand on my mane, so that I can feel that you're close to me." No. You know, here, here's this line: "Who needs no comfort?" Wanting these little girls to come and just to make sure that you know he knows he's not alone. There, there are multiple scenes in the Chronicles of Narnia in the books uh, where I get goosebumps every mm-hmm. time I read them. Yeah. And, and the yeah. one is Aslan's resurrection. Mm-hmm. The other is the creation of Narnia in the in the magician's nephew mm-hmm. but but d- 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 in, in the uh, Eustace's yeah, baptism say, Eustace yeah, yeah with yeah. the dragon skin yeah. yeah all of that but yeah it's really remarkable and and we are intended as Christians to think about the resurrection in real time that that we're, we we don't want to leave it as an abstraction as an idea because the Jesus resurrection is the promise and hope of our resurrection mm-hmm. yeah. amen maybe that's a good place to end today uh, unless Adam, do you have any other closing we just, comments? We didn't even get to it. Yeah. <laughs> get to the resurrection, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the ascension, or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. But all, I think, all that good stuff. Yeah. Spoiler alert: He rose. <laughs> yeah, he rose again. He rose. <laughs> he ascended to the Father forty days later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> found victory over death, and is the prototype of our victory over yeah. death. Uh, we, we celebrate. It's funny how this is the. You know, we're recording right now in the Easter season. Yeah, and I think. I don't know what date this episode will air, but we still might be. And and I'm thinking we didn't even get to the resurrection. How what a shame. <laughs> we got the Aslan's resurrection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh that yeah, that was great. Thanks, yeah. C.S. Lewis. All right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. You are all invited to the Summer Institute of Theology, August 7th through the 11th at the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota. Join pastors and lay people from all around the country for training in apologetics, congregational leadership, systematic theology, and studies in the Psalms. Find the full list of electives and registration information at flbc.edu slash SIT. God bless you and have a great week.